0: Today's episode includes some written stories from the Salt River High School writing class of 2010. Yeah, we went into the archives for these. And also some spooky stories from around the community, real or myth, you decide. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to OAN Connects. This is a special Halloween episode. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jessica Joaquin at sales slash newsperson for the Autumn Action News. And I am here with my co host, newsperson Marissa Johnson. What's up, Marissa? Hey,
1: Jess. Man, every day this night, I've been working on my costume, trying to get it done in time.
0: <laughs> well, I thought you had like a million costumes. I do, but there's a
1: specific one that I'm trying to make sure it makes it on time. <laughs> For the um, for Halloween? For the Halloween contest, the, the employee contest, yeah.
0: Is it, like, going to be a winner, you think?
1: I hope so. I mean, I made it from scratch.
0: <laughs> wow, you're pretty <laughs> handy. Okay, well, I don't want you to have to give away the surprise. Yeah, for sure. Definitely go
1: check it out when, what is it, tomorrow goes up, go vote. But I'll give you a hint. It's in the Mortal Kombat round.
0: Realm, oh, Mortal Kombat! I used to play Mortal Kombat uh, when I was young at the arcade, it's it was one of my favorite games. I I know some of the, I still probably can remember some of the special joystick button combos that you need to do, and in, in order to get, uh, you know one of your favorite fatalities or whatever. So, you know, there's a big age difference between you and me. Like I'm curious as how to you, how you got into Mortal Kombat.
1: So my first Mortal Kombat was Mortal Kombat 4 on the Nintendo 64. My brothers, you know, had all the Nintendo 64 games. So that was definitely one of them, but they wouldn't go easy on me. If I didn't know how to do any type of combos or fatalities I had to figure it out myself until I got it
0: down. Oh, wow. So they they didn't even, they didn't teach you. You had to figure it out. Like, oh, and I can't even remember. I, now that you're reminding me, like I was 100% taught by somebody, lucky. you know, either. So lucky. <laughs> either, yeah, either the guy next to me saying like, you got to do with this, this way, this way, press this and that. But wow, I don't think I would have ever figured it out doing it on my own. How did you figure it out because there there was no internet back then
1: i just had to watch them so i saw them do a move and think like okay there's a move that has ice there's a move that has fire so i know that this character is capable of doing that so you just have to for me i had to play around and just move everything i I guess the word is button mash until i got it and then do the same thing over and over again until i got the combo like okay that's what it is now
0: That's insane. uh, (laughs) That's some dedication, dude. Wow. So so, (laughs) yeah, I guess like I get I guess I never I just remember playing in an arcade. And then I think like on PlayStation or whatever it was on. But Yeah, I I more grew up in the arcade using the joystick and the buttons and stuff like that. But I couldn't imagine how many quarters it would take me in order to figure out all that stuff on my own. Seriously, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, oh, man, I'm really excited now. I can't wait to see what it is. Cool. I just hope it's done in time. That's
1: my thing. Like, I hope it looks legit, ready to go and hope it's done in time.
0: Oh, man. Okay, well. I mean, there are 24 hours in a day. You might just have to pull an (laughs) all-nighter. Okay, good. All right. Well, hopefully everybody is going to have a wonderful uh, holiday. I know that these times are kind of hard right now. You know, we need to... Continue to practice social distancing and all of that, as well as um, wearing your masks and stuff. So everybody, please have a safe holiday. All right, Marissa. So let's share a couple of stories from community members. Our colleague Tasha Silverhorn went into the archives and found some stories written by the Salt River High School writing class from 2010. There are no writing credits. So if you recognize your story, let us know. Tell us what you'll be sharing, Marissa.
1: All right. My story is called The Man in White. One day I was on the school bus on my way home from a football game. It was 9.30. While the bus was taking me to my house, I looked out the window and noticed a person dressed in all white from head to toe. He was just standing at a house in the yard. It looked like he was staring at me, but I am not positive. Either way, it really freaked me out. When I was getting closer to my house, I noticed it again. I started to get chills. He was standing in the same position, but in someone else's yard. I got really scared then. When I went home, I didn't talk about it for a while. When I walked into the living room, my mom was talking about something. I just ignored her. But there was nothing on TV. So I started to pay attention to what she was saying. She was talking about how she kept running into some old guy dressed in all white. Every time she left work, she kept seeing him, and she started to get scared. She thought he was trying to follow her, so I told her when I was on my way back home from the football game, I saw the same guy twice in two different spots. One at the corner of the house on Camelback and Extension, and one in Sammy's yard. My mom said that was the same thing she saw too. The next morning while I was walking to school, I thought I saw him again. Later in the day, there was a lockdown at school because a roamer was wandering around the campus. Everyone was talking about how it was an old man dressed in all white. The security guards thought it was one of the students trying to ditch, so they started to chase him to the football field. Once they got there, he disappeared, and they weren't able to find him. That was the last I ever heard of him. Ever since then, I have never figured out who the old man was. I haven't seen or heard of him ever again.
0: All right, I have one called The Necklace. Long ago in Mexico, there was a boy named Javier. He was probably between the age of 11 and 13. His family struggled and did what they could to keep food on the table. They were just an average family in Mexico. But Javier did have trouble hanging with the wrong people and making the wrong choices. Javier was known for stealing food and clothes since his family didn't have much. He tried his best not to do anything wrong, but once he saw something he wanted, it was automatically his. So he did come home with a couple of clothes, jewelry, shoes, and other stolen things. His mom and dad didn't say anything to him because they felt like doing the same thing and understood why he did it. It was almost Javier's mom's birthday, and he wanted to give her a gift she never had before. So he went to a shop with his friends and saw this green, bluish stone necklace. But this shop was not an ordinary shop. In this shop, people did witchcraft and voodoo. There was a cold medicine woman with a black dress on and had lots of moles on her face. She kept staring at Javier and his friends. Careful what you take, young one, you might grab the wrong thing and you'll regret it, the woman said. Javier looked at the woman very strangely. Instead of taking her advice, he grabbed the necklace, put it in his pocket, and ran off. His mother's birthday was in two weeks. The necklace was so beautiful, he just kept looking at it like he earned it. One night, he started to hear the scariest voice and started seeing black figured shadows in his house. His family started to see and hear the voices too. Every day, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. The family went to a very sacred, powerful medicine woman to get rid of the demons in their house. The medicine woman asked what had caused their home to turn so evil. Javier spoke up and showed them the necklace, the one he had taken. As it turns out, this necklace was no ordinary necklace. This necklace belonged to a witch that had lost the necklace long ago, and the witch cursed it. According to the curse, anybody who takes it shall be dragged to hell three days from when it was taken and shall be tortured for eternity. The medicine woman tried with all her might to get rid of the curse and to stop the demons from taking the boy to be tortured and burned alive. But the demons and the curse were too strong. The boy was dragged down with the demons and he is still being tortured to this day. That's why you should never take what's not yours. You might take the wrong thing, and you'll regret it forever. All right, well, let's get into some stories that were actually submitted to us. A couple of people, a couple of you guys sent in your stories, and let's go into our first one right now. This is Carlos, so let's go.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Carlos Helen, and I have ties to the community. I've uh, had ties since uh, I would have to say the late 90s when I went to high school with uh, some of you guys. And I also went to to work at the casino and met with uh, some of your parents. But um, I remember like, it was a really quick story, but uh, my ex-girlfriend's uh, aunt would always tell us uh, like uh, stories about <laughs> like uh, how... One of the police officers, like, got close to Huffy when uh, he was going to Bunnyville. And uh, when he, he felt someone was chasing him when he was leaving Bunnyville, he looked back and he said that it was something, like, going really fast. He thought it was, like, Huffy. It was, like, some really small stories that I had like that. That's pretty much it, like.
0: Thank you so much. That's crazy. Um. I think we've all heard stories very similar to that. So that's pretty nuts. All right, let's get into our next one.
3: Skooks Aniana Aniyanap Raymond Jay. I am the son of Beanie Jay and the late Mikey Jay, uh, the grandson of Ethel Parchcorn and uh, Jasper and Daisy Baptisto. Uh, grew up in Salt River. Uh, moved out there when I was six or seven, I think. The other time I uh, was a teenager and uh i lived in um uh, evergreen houses out near bunnyville when they first got built um and at the time was working as a uh what do you call it youth liaison or something for the boys and girls club team program um and i was working with the with the, uh, the, the what do you call it, the elementary kids too so anyway like we get done i'm done or whatever and the team program closes and like uh I lie because <laughs> you're not supposed to walk home. But I lied. And I said I was going to my cousin's house. He lived in uh Red Mountain right there. So I went and like stayed there for like a little bit. And um my house wasn't that far, you know. So I start to walk down the road. And um, you know, you get to the intersection, you start walking down, you know, the road towards Bunnyville, and uh You know, I get to the house or the turnoff to where to walk to my house. My house was the first one when you turn off into, you know, Evergreen Projects, that first circle right there. That was where I lived. Uh, My family lived. And, you know, I kind of was just like, "Ah, you know, I want to go check out Bunnyville. Like just I'm kind of old enough to be out, (laughs) you know, by myself. I wasn't supposed to be out, but like I'm like, I could take care of myself um and you know i hear all kinds of crazy stories about you know hoofy and all that stuff when i was growing up so you know i'm like not really thinking about it and i go back there and i'm more you know at the time you know i'm starting to get into like hip-hop and graffiti and stuff so i'm like i'm gonna go see you know what's going on the tunnels and all that stuff and um probably shouldn't have done that as i go back there the first time that i probably shouldn't have gone back there And I went back there all the time after this, but this is like you know, there's just those one times you get or the particular times where you know there's warnings of hey, you probably shouldn't be back here. You don't listen. So uh, I go back there and something flew over me. I'm gonna assume it was an owl. There was a huge, big white horned owl that lived at the bottom of that uh, canalway, you know, in Bonneville, the dry one that leads out in the Lehigh that you know we as kids always used to play down there. But there was a huge, huge owl that lived down there. And if you ask any of the kids that lived in Evergreen, like around, you know, 97 to 2001, they'll all talk about this owl, this huge owl. So anyhow, I'm pretty sure that's what flew over me because that sound was like, you know, just loud. And I was like, I don't know what that was. And it was probably an owl or a bird or something. I didn't really think anything of it. Um, So keep walking. I'm like in you know, on the dirt road, and I start turning off towards the highway at this point, um, on the other side of the, of the ravine or the gorge or whatever, um, and then I start hearing singing, like traditional singing, songs that I know, and I'm saying it's clear as day, <laughs> like I'm hearing gourds, I'm hearing singing, and I kind of just stop in my tracks, and it was really odd because then i look over to across where that where evergreen housing to, like development is and whatnot and it looks like there are kids playing on my side like it's the silhouettes of children playing on my side like running around and then i start seeing people and i'm like oh there's people outside and i start to go towards that and then i notice that's they're not on that side. They're on my side, and I can't hear footsteps, but I can hear singing. And I'm seeing these, and then I just start run. I start running back, you know, to the the, the road, <laughs> and then I'm running back down to where the lights start, because it gets dark. I think after there was that house right there where the uh, where that bridge was over the gorge and whatnot. So there's the lights. That's where those lights stopped. I remember running, 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 and then I see it goes away, and then I just hear it one more time that freaking whatever that was, and I guess it was that owl just fly right over me again man i ran inside <laughs> I ran inside so fast um uh, my mom's like where have you been <laughs> and like don't even say anything and i was too scared to tell her um just because i didn't want her to like you know start bombarding me with smoking <laughs> like, like you know i just didn't say anything um i ended up getting really really sick uh not too long after that uh I don't really remember much of that whole period of being sick, to be honest, but apparently I was having like crazy, crazy dreams. And you know, I was, I was really sick though. I do remember that. I remember, um, a couple of times my mom sitting with me through the night that week and, uh, yeah, after that, I kind of never went back there <laughs> with, you know, weird intentions. I didn't have any weird intentions either. It was just, uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I was trying to be hard, prove something to myself, something. I just wanted to go back there. Um, and I did go back there, you know, uh, later on at night, you know, when I was older, but it was always always with a very respectful mind state of, you know, what I'm doing back there. Because a lot of people did some weird stuff back there, you know, and, um, <clears throat> you know, throughout the years and you hear, you know, horrible stories about people, stuff happening to people and animals back there. And so every time I went back there, you know, I lived right there, it was just with a, uh, a positive mindset and uh, respectfulness. Way nothing gets to you because you know it's how you ward off the bad stuff. And I hope you all have a good Halloween and stay safe out there. Remember to mask up. Uh, yeah. So have a good night. Have a safe Halloween, and uh, I hope I see you soon, Salt River. Later.
0: Oh, that's super creepy. I'm glad it's daylight out right now when we're recording this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to our next submission.
4: Hello, my name is Ray Damon, and I work for the community relations office here at Salt River, and my story begins circa early 2000. Um, I'm going to leave the location private just so people don't bother the ones that are living there now, but uh, I lived in a house. It was a very old house. I had just moved in. My friends all told me that they had had experiences dealing with something that lived in the house, um, things like curling irons would be turned back on when they for sure turned them off. It was, and mind you, we were all, you know, girls living in this one house. And other things, um, one of the roommates, she was staying on the loft, this a two-story house, and she thought she heard somebody in the kitchen. She was getting ready to dial 911 because it sounded like somebody was going through the drawers. You know, peop- like, you know, picking up silverware, just going through the drawers. And so she thought someone was in there. She's like, hello. And she was about to call 911. Went downstairs, turned on the light. And nobody was there. Nothing. So she went back upstairs, turned on the TV, and it, ha- and it happened again. And it got to the point where she stopped going downstairs and let the noise continue. And she just played the, her TV really loud and just let it continue. Now, I decided to move in. Uh, and they had been living there for at least a year or so. I decided to move in a little bit later, and my first night there, of course, uh, I was going to be by myself because they were going home for the weekend. Um, They were just going to go visit, and at the time, they had two black cats as well in the house, and I thought, okay, well, if any, like logically, if any noise happens, it's going to be these cats. So I fell asleep in the living room. I actually remember sleeping with the lights on, and I was totally expecting something to happen. Totally, totally, totally. So finally, I went to sleep. Woke up, nothing happened. I went, oh, okay. Well, maybe you know, maybe there's nothing happening. And the next night, one of the sisters came home because she had to work really early in the morning, like three a.m. So I was like, okay, let the guard down. I, I was still in the living room because um, we haven't arranged the house yet for me to stay for one of the bedrooms. So all back to sleep. Thinking, you know, again, Sarah was going to work in the morning at three a.m. Early in the morning, I heard someone in the kitchen and there there was the spoon like banging against the bowl and then the slurping and I was thinking like they're eating that cereal awfully loud like it was pretty loud it woke me up. it was so loud I looked in the kitchen and I couldn't see things because it's pitch black I'm like okay whatever and again thinking like not thinking like okay she's eating in the dark that's weird but I fall back asleep so I wake up one more hours like eight or nine and I look outside and her truck is still there. And then I hear something upstairs and I go, Sarah, she's like, what? I go, are, are, didn't you go to work? And she said, no, I slept in. I go, no, I, I thought I heard you eating cereal this morning. She goes, Ray, I don't eat breakfast. And I just sat there and I go, okay. I go, well, I had my my first you know, experience. And at the time, they had actually named the ghost Jenny. and so i said i had my experience with jenny and later on i, I lived there um you know little i mean there were just little things they weren't big things not as big as what they had made it out to be but with any kind of spirits you're supposed to not give into the the scariness of it so what i used to do in the bathroom was after i take a shower and the mirror is all fogged up i would write the name jenny And so whoever the next person would come in and shower, it would fog up and you would see the word Jenny. So just kind of being playful about it. However, the one room that nobody liked to sleep in was underneath the stairs of the loft. Anybody who ever slept there had really bad nightmares. Anyone. I never wanted to sleep there. So I preferred sleeping on an air mattress on the floor, uh, on the loft, versus sleeping alone in that bedroom that everyone Said They always had awful, awful nightmares. Later on, they actually, because I was curious on why they named her Jenny, they they brought in a, uh, they did a seance with a psychic to find out who was living there. (laughs) I'm like, oh, for the love. But I think the moral of the story is, particularly for us Native folks, is no matter where you go, where you live, always bring sage. You always need to make sure you have that sage and make sure those bears don't attach to you.
0: I'd be really scared living in that house. Once again, thank you for those submissions. Thank you to everyone listening and have a safe holiday. Remember to shield up and social distance. Bye. Bye.